Welcome on in to the Wasatch Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, CJ Dieters. Today's episode, we will be continuing our off-season preview for all 30 teams. Today's team is the Charlotte Hornets. Now, the Charlotte Hornets have have not really been in contention for quite a while. Um, they had a few years there with Kemba Walker where they'd make the playoffs or at least be in contention for the playoffs. Um, this last year, Kemba Walker decided to go to the to the Celtics, and the Hornets were really not left with much. Um, they have some young talent, but it's mostly middling talent. It's guys that, you know, could be decent starters on a on a good team or guys that come off the bench, but there's none of them that you look at as either a first, second, or third option on a really good team. Um, they do have a bit of cap space this season, uh, with the cap being 109 million. They'll have 28 million um, heading on into. Uh, this free agency offseason period. The top players on the or the biggest contracts that the team has left. You have Nicholas Batum, who is on a one-year $27 million deal. Um, I I think that he will be used in a trade at some point this year to take on some other team's really big contract. Uh, you know, maybe like Kevin Love, Blake Griffin, John Wall, somebody like that. Um, to allow them to get a better player just on a on a worse contract uh, next is Terry Rozier Rozier has two years 37 million left Cody Zeller has one year 15 million left Malik Monk has one year five PJ Washington has three years 14 and Miles Bridges has two years nine million um, the top players on this team you have Devonte Graham um, I think he's got one year left on his deal he's basically on a minimum contract um, I expect him to get a very large raise after this season uh, <clears throat> he looks like he could be you know a top 20 point guard in the league possibly a starter you know might you know on a really good team be the six man can really put the ball in the basket shoots puts up a really high volume from three he doesn't quite have the efficiency there yet the one problem with him though He's already 24, so he's not going to develop a ton more. And he's about 6'1", you know, slight frame. So his defense is always going to be an issue. Um, next is Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges has two years left on his rookie deal. You know, he's a 6'6", six six, uh, big-bodied, small forward. Can kind of play the power forward a little bit. Um you know, he's a guy that when they got him from Michigan State, he was one of Michigan State's, you know, do-it-all type guys um, that they're kind of famous for. The They usually have at least a couple guys on their roster where they bring the ball up, they guard the other team's best player, they're either the leading scorer or the second leading scorer, um, usually one of the leaders in assists and rebounds. Um, in the NBA, he, he really hasn't found his spot yet. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he fits in with the Hornets' future as they start to add more talent and look to move more towards contention rather than just rebuilding. Uh, next is P.J. Washington. P.J. just finished his rookie year with the Hornets. 
Um, really is looking like a sharp shooting power forward. A little undersized at the power forward position, about 6'7", 240. Um, but he's got long arms, he's quick, um, so his size isn't a huge hindrance to him. It's just, again, he's a little undersized there. Uh, next is Terry Rozier. They got him last year from the Celtics. Um, you know, he's kind of what I expected him to be once he got his own team where he can help you win a few more games than what you would have otherwise, but he's definitely not like the guy that you want running your team. Um, and I think at the 19 million a year, they're going to be paying him for the next two years. I think it's a bit of an overpay for somebody of his skill set. Um, and then finally is Malik Monk. Uh, Malik is going into the last year of his rookie contract. Uh, Malik is he's a scoring guard. Um, that's basically all he can offer to you. He has pretty much the same game as like Lou Williams, Jamal Crawford, where he has a pretty good handle, but it's not to run the offense. It's more to just get himself open shots. Uh, this is the year that's going to be really important for him uh, to decide whether he's a you know three to six million dollar a year guy as a you know backup guard, or whether he can take those steps forward and make himself a valuable starter and be up in that you know fifteen to eighteen million dollar range, you know being a guy like Evan Fournier or Jeremy Lamb. Uh, somebody of that skill set where they can start. If they come off the bench, they're a huge plus for you coming off the bench. Um, so this year is really important for a guy like Malik Monk. So the strengths for this team, they're, they're young. Um, like I said, I don't see anybody on their roster right now that looks like a, a future star. But they do have young guys that look like they can complement star players going forward um, but none of their their core pieces are are uh, to their prime or even close to the age of what their prime normally would be um, next is the fact that they have cap space um, it's always a big bonus to to have that room to to be able to make trades sign free agents now. Charlotte's not going to be a huge free agent uh, destination, but like I said, they can take a guy like Nick Batum, make it 27. Because they have the cap space, they can turn that into a $36 million contract in a guy like Blake Griffin or 34 and a half in either Mike Conley or Gordon Hayward, something like that. Um, where they can help out the other team by giving them some cap relief, but Charlotte end up with the much better player um, because of that. <clears throat> and then finally is is the versatility that this team has. They have quite a few ball handlers. They have guys that can move between two or three positions. Um, you know, guys like PJ uh, Washington and Miles Bridges can defend a few different uh, positions. Um, and they have the ability to to change direction with where they want to go. Uh, maybe they decide they want to 
try out the whole micro ball thing that the Rockets did this last year, they could actually pull that off. You know, move Washington up to the center, Bridges to the power forward, play Rozier and Graham together, and then find a small forward. Or, you know, you move, uh, you could move PJ Washington down to the three and play really big. Um, you know, I, I like, if I was a GM and I was taking over this team, I like where I, I would be, uh, taking over the team at, um, where I have lots and lots of different options with this team. Now the weaknesses with this team, I've said this before, they don't, they don't have a star. They don't have a number two. They don't have a number three. They don't have, you know, those guys that can really push you over the edge, get you to the playoffs and possibly get you into contention. And then they don't have any size. Um, you know, PJ Washington is an undersized center or power forward. Um, Bridges is six six, which is okay height for the small forward. Uh, both Rozier and Graham are six one, um, so I would be expecting them to try and find some some guys with uh, potential, but also with uh, with some size in this year's draft um, and in free agency. Now the free agents that they have this year are Bismack Biombo who is finally coming off of his massive deal that he signed back in 2016. Um, I'm pretty sure he'll be a minimum uh, center here going forward. Uh, They could bring him back. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's replaceable for them. Um, So I wouldn't make it top priority. Next is Willie Hernan Gomez. Uh... You know, a center who played on the minimum this last year. Again, you could bring him back. If not, again, you can replace him. You can find somebody else to play that. And then uh, Dwayne Bacon. You know, really high, uh, highly inefficient. Uh, puts up a lot of volume in sh- with his shots. If he ever figures out his efficiency, could be a valuable piece. But I, I kind of see him ending up in Europe or China or something like that here in the next few years. <clears throat> so in the in the draft this year, the Hornets have the number three and the number 32 pick. At the number three pick, I've heard that they are really high on James Wiseman. Um, so if he's still available, I'd definitely take him. That fixes a lot of your, uh, your problems there. He's 7-1, so he, he gives you that length. He has a really long wingspan. He's quick. Can help out that defense a ton. Um, I think him and P.J. Washington would make a really good front court. Has has a super high ceiling. Has a really low floor, too, where if he just does not pan out, um, he'll wash out of the league completely. But if he hits his top potential, could be a superstar in this league. And I would be willing to take a chance on him at three. Other than that, you have Denny Avdia, Anthony Edwards, LaMelo Ball. Um, those four guys have kind of been like the uh, interchangeable top three that I've seen in a lot of different mock drafts. Um, so again, if you're just looking for top talent, you just got to pick whoever's on the, the highest in your board that's available at three. Um, I think Obi Toppin could be an option for them. Um if you picked him, though, that would be moving P.J. Washington down to the three 
and then you'd still have to find yourself a center or Onyeka Kungwu. Uh, unlike Wiseman, has a really high floor, so if he really doesn't work out, he still can find himself a spot in the NBA pretty easily, but doesn't have the highest of ceilings, so at his very best, he'd be like a third option on a team, which is still good. It's just, he, I, I just don't really see that superstar potential with Ayaka Kungwu. Um, and then at the uh, 32nd pick, um, one of the options that I would look at, if he's still available, which I'm not counting on him still being available, but is uh, Jaden McDaniels. You know, 6'9", 200-pound, small forward out of uh, Washington. Mostly because his brother, Jalen, is already on the team. You know, I think that'd be it'd be cool to put those two together. Both of them have a good amount of potential. Jaden McDaniels has superstar potential, but he also has a super, super low floor. Um, but at 32, if he's still available, you got to take him there. Um, Jameis Ramsey, if he's still available, really good combo guard, uh, feisty defender, uh, on the offensive end is still figuring things out, but he at least attacks like crazy. Uh, Leandro Balmero out of Argentina could be an option there. You know, six, seven can play the one, the two or the three good ball handler can, uh, distribute the ball to his teammates. And then, uh, Tyrell Terry out of Stanford, if he is available, uh, is a lot like Seth Curry with the, with the Mavericks. Just a really high volume, high efficiency three point shooter can hit, you know, with the ball in his hands, dribbling up to it, can come off screens, all those, all that stuff. Um, and they also have the 56th pick. Now, with the 56th pick, I'd be just taking the highest ceiling person I could to where you're drafting them at 56. If this person pans out, you you're looked at as a genius, as a GM. And if they, they become nothing, you know, nobody cares. It was the 56 pick. Um, so I'm looking at guys like Paul Ebois. Um, I believe is out of France, um, originally from Africa somewhere. I, I don't know a ton about the guy. I just know that when I watch him play, I get excited. Um, now he's three, four years away from really being anything, but I would definitely look at taking him just for his potential. And plus, you can keep him over in Europe for a couple years. Um, you don't have to bring him over to your roster immediately. Same with a guy like Yam Mater um, out of Israel. Uh, 6'3", combo guard. Um, really, at 56, I'm looking at these guys that have a lot of potential, but also already play over in Europe or in one of the other leagues that I can just leave over there. For a little bit, let them develop, and then hopefully they can come over and be something for the Hornets. Um, so you have also have Abdullah uh, Endoya. I think that's how you say his name. You know, six foot nine, uh, kind of switches between the small forward, power forward. Um, again, just a, a really big project. I can't even really tell you what I think he could be in the future, just because he's really raw talent right now. And then Malcolm Cazalon, I believe is from Germany. Um, but, you know, six foot five combo guard. Um, has a good handle. I think he's, I'm pretty sure he's left-handed. I haven't watched him in a while. 
I just remember that when I did watch him, I was impressed with him. And I thought in three, four years' time could be a good player uh, in the NBA. Um, But with that, I'm going to go ahead and end this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, This episode was also done on November 11th. Uh, which is Veterans Day. So, again, thank you to those that that serve, have served, and help keep this country uh, free and safe. And have a great day. Bye!